It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it is my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. And in today's episode, we're exploring the story of a predominantly face-to-face selling business who over the last 18 months have had to make that huge switch to being predominantly online selling and all the challenges they went through and things they've learned from it. And it's really quite fascinating. There's a lot in there that I think even the biggest retailer could learn from. So stay tuned to learn some things around around, uh, values, around mission, around sorting out your software platforms, around email marketing. There's a lot coming up. Before we get into all that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Tailwind is the tool that feels like a marketing team. Create, schedule and optimise your marketing with Tailwind. Create, transform your photos into beautiful social media posts in one click. Schedule, spend less time scheduling your content and more time doing the things only you can. Optimise, take the guesswork out of growing your business. We use Tailwind to help us do all this and manage our Pinterest and Instagram accounts. So join me on the platform today. Plus, they're offering $15 credit for all first-time subscribers. You can try it out with a free account via ecmp.info forward slash Tailwind. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash Tailwind ecmp.info forward slash tailwind to open your free account today. And now to introduce today's special guest. Vanessa Unvarsky is the founder at Tailor Made Polish. Founded in late 2016, they've had an interesting last 18 months. By the end of 2018, they were doing a stable six-figure sales a year with growth just kind of happening. But the majority of their retail sales were offline, as was that of their wholesale customers, which meant that overnight, sales dropped by over 60%. Vanessa since then has rebuilt the business, so it's now happily growing again, and sales have now become 90% online. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, how are you, Chloe? I'm good. I'm I'm excited to have you here and to kind of explore your, I suppose in some ways, your discovery of e-commerce. But before we go into that, because I'm sure once we get into it, we won't manage to stop getting into it. Can you explain your product? Because I think understanding the product is quite fundamental to a lot of the conversation we're going to have. So what is your product? Absolutely. Um, My product is now, um, it is a make your own nail polish experience that you purchase in a kit. Um, 
before making the shift, um, my product was more like a service. It was in person. So we were making your own nail polish in a studio or at an event. Um, so that was half of the business. The other half was we did custom colors for other businesses and custom products, um, nail polish that was branded and things like that. Um, but for the direct to consumer side of the business, it was private parties, um, classes, on-site events, things like that. And so we were um, really humming along, especially um, weeknights, weekends. Um, and But the limitation with that was that we were local too. So, And clearly, I think everyone can understand why the sales dropped off so much because it was face-to-face, person-to-person, which clearly wasn't, wasn't going to happen. But it, why did you decide to rework the product and not just kind of mothball everything? for however long it took because it was a it's a big decision to suddenly go what is essentially kind of a party experience model and try and take that and put it in a box honestly um with the pandemic we had birthday parties scheduled we had baby showers scheduled we had bridal parties scheduled everyone was kind of in this state of being afraid, being scared, still wanting to experience those things, you know, with their loved ones and everyone was apart. And how it really started was let's just make this work. We can't cancel birthdays. We can't cancel life events. How can we still make it work virtually? And so I basically went into the studio and I was by myself because we were on lockdown. Um, And I went into the studio and I just started putting things together in Ziploc bags and putting empty bottles together and making up these kits. And we were shipping them out to any of our customers um, and clients that still wanted to do that. We just made it work and we had virtual parties and it really started out as something that was going to be a temporary thing. We're, you know, we're still here. We can make something happen. And the response to that was great. Everyone was so thankful. It was um, so meaningful to still be able to find a way to make those work, to still have the celebrations. It was a little clunky. We've never (laughs) done that before. We didn't have obviously the packaging or anything really set up. So we just kind of made it, made it work. We had recipe cards, um, which is part of our, our process. We did little instruction cards. We included that. You could, uh, we would host the Zoom if you wanted, we just made it work. Um, but the feedback from that as lockdown continued to go on was other people wanted to do it too. So it kind of just made sense. It looked like it might be the new norm for us. So instead of just shutting it down, what else was I going to do? I, I leaned into it. I listened to what other people wanted. And um, eventually we went into um, deciding that this was a good solution for us because what we did find was the people who were having those celebrations virtually were actually getting to celebrate with people that wouldn't have been able to come anyways because we're such a locally focused business. Now, all of a sudden, we were we were always able to ship, which I'm very thankful for. Um, so we were able to ship anywhere in the United States. So people that would have never heard of us before were getting invited to these virtual celebrations. And, you know, it was just another um, avenue for us to connect with even more people and to bring our concept to more people. Yeah, it gave you suddenly unlocked rather than 
you know, 100 miles of your store, it unlocked the rest of the country. It did. And I think um, one of the other things that I'll just back up and, and say really quickly that's probably important for people to understand with the business is we're a make your own nail polish concept. We The reason why we started, though, was not just the experience. That was um, a result or kind of a, a byproduct of why I initially started it. I was looking for healthy alternatives for nail polish. And with the research and stuff that I was doing, I just wasn't comfortable with some of the things that were on the market or the way they were kind of greenwashed on the market. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> um, just you know, being completely honest. So I started this just making it myself. And then it was a fun process that I shared with other people. And what made this something that was more meaningful than just healthy nail polish was that it was the experience. It was getting to create something. It was getting to spend time with friends and, and family members. And that's the thing that I think has really been the differentiator with us because you can get nail polish anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can oftentimes get something that's healthy enough for you. But aside from that, you're not just mixing a color, you're creating a product yourself. When you're opening up the box, you're, you know, doing your color, your recipe, your finish, your tone, everything that that makes that unique to you and you're getting to potentially share it with other people. You're always going to remember that color and who you made it with, why you made it, what was going on in your life. And every time you wear it, you think about that time. And that has been what's kind of resonated, I think, with a lot of people. And so um, getting to share that, especially during a time when we're all craving the connection, has just been it, you know, it, it's been wonderful for us, but it's been, um, I think, equally as meaningful to our customers too. I think it's a it's a great example of how if you know why your company exists, it makes pivoting and changing a lot more straightforward. If you know it's about the kindness of the product to the person who's wearing it, and it's about the experience, well, it, it's not about people coming to a specific location. It's about an experience and connectivity, and it's about choosing a better product that's better for us. And that can happen anywhere. It, it, it suddenly it, it, it makes the change seem less formidable because actually it's it's you're still staying true to the core of the business. Absolutely. Do you think you'd have eventually taken this step in the business if the pand? I know it's a really hard question to answer, but if the pandemic had never happened, I've thought about that a lot. I don't think that I would have. And I think that that would have been um, a mistake for for my business. So I think this was truly a silver lining. Um, the way that I was looking to grow the business um, would not have been in this way. And I think um, I don't think it would have been as good for the business. So I'm really excited about the, the changes that we've made. We still have, you know, a, a long road ahead of us in terms of kind of nailing things down, but we have a clear line of sight now. And um, I think that I'm really grateful for kind of the twist in terms and the complete <laughs> roller coaster. Um, it, it's, it's been great. It really gave me the opportunity to, to rethink things. You know, now we're in 34 states um, that happened pretty quickly. And before we were, you know, really, localized to, you know, the, uh, the East Coast um, and just places that we could go to on the weekends or places that people would, could come to us. 
obviously we we've we've explored one of the big shifts which was sending the product out and not doing it as physical face-to-face parties but of course the other huge shift is you essentially went from a retail only business physical retail only business and with a, with some wholesale to becoming e-commerce which is one serious learning curve so how how was it going full e-commerce with the website and starting to do all the digital marketing it was rough and it's one of those things kind of like with just entrepreneurship in general and owning a business in general, you don't know what you don't know. And then you're just kind of smacked in the face with everything you don't know, sometimes all at once. Um, and I think, you know, we had a website. Um, I didn't realize how unuser-friendly it was. The customer experience when they went to our site wasn't great. The communication just wasn't great. Um, and, you know, we, we knew that we needed to fix that. and trying to work with the same platform that we had probably wasn't the best, the best choice. I didn't know that. Um, so I, I, go ahead. But it, I was gonna say, but, but of course, at the time when you made all those decisions, you didn't think you were going to need an all singing or dancing, you know, so it's like, yeah, it wasn't fit for the new world order um, of the business, but it, it was an okay decision at the time because you didn't have the crystal ball that said, oh, by the way, come March 2020, your entire business is going online. You know, it's 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 easy to see with hindsight, gosh, I wish I'd had a better website beforehand because that would have saved me all that work. But it's, you know, it, it's easy to be hard on ourselves for those things, but it just wasn't something you thought was going to happen, was it? No, it wasn't. And it's fine. And I'm okay to go through that process. And I'm happy that I went through that. But then I made another mistake. Um, and I, I feel like I'm the example of what, what not to do. And, but if you do them, here's how, here's how you fix it. Um, and, and I did, um, seek out help with, um, doing something different, especially as it related to the kids. There's a lot of customer education that, that has to happen when you're not in person. So you need that. You need somebody to feel comfortable with you and to trust you if they don't know you. And so that's another element too that we that we needed to, to fix. And when we did that, we went through a transition in um, July, August to at least do that for our kids. And with that, what I found was the agency that I was working with really wasn't as experienced in a product-based business. They had done websites and all these different things for a service-based business. And so when we started setting things up and implementing them, we really didn't have the tools and the integrations, the seamless integrations that we really needed to have for customer experience, communications, and all the things that I talked about. But on top of that, managing our inventory and all those things could be done but how long does it take and how much does it cost? And all of those things are really uh, kind of wonky for us for a while. And then that really propelled me into being determined to find what is the next best solution? What are the tools that I need? And how do I make this as great for the customer as it was when they came into my studio? I need them to feel good about their experience on the site too. So those first few months, kind of March through to July, was just a, a maelstrom of kind of learning and just about holding things together and, and learning a lot of lessons. Is what I, that's what, I, what I'm getting from you. And I, I can see you smiling at me as, a, as I'm saying that. And then from July, 
last July 2020, you were you then went right. We need to rebuild. This is what we need to do. And and a key part of that was actually finding new suppliers because that's like oh, another one which like okay makes sense. They were the right suppliers at the time, but now they're different. And that that's a big decision to make because that's you know trying to build trust with people when you can't meet them face to face and and in an area where you're at the beginning of your own learning curve. So any 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 particular pieces of advice on finding the new suppliers that you found found uh, valuable? Absolutely. So I think um, the biggest thing for me is to really be clear. Try to think of everything that you think that you might need and then even explore on top of that. Um, it's kind of, you know, you can never know what you don't know, but just in a world where there are no limitations to really thinking of what all the what if scenarios are, once you start thinking about those, it's just going to open your mind just a little bit more. And I'm all about execution. I like to go do things, get it done, get it done quickly, get it done as efficiently as we can. But on that side of things, I would say, take a little time, take, you know, a couple hours a day for, you know, a week and really just try to think about what do I need? What is going to make this work for me, for my staff, and then ultimately, and most importantly, for our customers? That's the most important part, um, you know, with the interface and the tools and stuff that we need, and we need them to work well. I think that's such good advice because even if you found the perfect supplier for you on a, in any front, be it web design, email marketing, Google ads, products, whatever it is, you have to tell them what you and your team need and what your customers want because you're the one who understands those things. And even the best, best, best choice in the world isn't going to be able to go, right, we've just seen your website for the first time. We know exactly what you need. It's like, actually, you have to be serious about your role in the process. You do. You do. And I think one of the, the differences is understanding your own supply chain internally. So that was something that was different for us because we we're now turning into a different model of packaging and assembling and doing all of those things. And how does that work from a, a business standpoint when you have the orders coming in? What does it look like on the back end? And being able to understand what your demand is and then being able to execute, but then reordering and getting the supplies to even supply the product looks completely different because the lead times and all of those things. And there's no tools that were built into that when we were doing it. We were so focused on the front end, which is super, super important. But there was a lot of back end stuff that we also needed. I'm guessing when you're sending the pack out to the customer, there's quite a lot of component parts in there. It's it's not like a you chuck in a bottle and you know, a bit of colour and you're done, is it? I mean, how many parts are there in your normal pack? Over 30 pieces oh. in our pack. And it doesn't seem like that. So there's duplicates because each kit makes three different bottles. And so there's nearly a thousand different colour combinations in each of the five kits that we have. You're not getting all of those colours, but we're telling you how to create them. The mixing, the funnels, um, the the paper components of that and sourcing them responsibly. So that's another really important piece to what we do is something that we did in the studio was that we recycled a lot. Um, and we tried to, to do that with the kits as well and finding the best pieces to make it efficient, but still thorough enough so that you can do the complete process end to end 
with ease and it's simple. So there's a lot of moving parts to putting the kit together. Um, and I didn't even realize how many pieces there were. And that's another, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but that's another thing when you say to a customer, oh, there's over 30 pieces in this kit. Some think that's overwhelming. Other people think it, of it as a value to the kit. Mm. So there's two frames of thought and understanding that differences was another hurdle we kind of had to, to get over as well. well. What I love though, is that although you were up against all this pressure and all these challenges, you weren't just going to Alibaba or eBay and going, I need a thousand bottles or whatever it was you needed. You were still doing the diligence of our mission is this. We are still going to be adhering to our values and our mission, even though we're, we're, we're switching. And I think that's admirable. I think it speaks to the success you've had had since the switch. But one thing I want to make sure sure we talk about a little bit before, uh, before we, we wrap up is the marketing journey you've been on, because you've, you've referenced a couple of times about how you've had to get the right content out there to the customer, because all that, that stuff, you and your, your party, you know, the people running the parties historically were doing and explaining, you're now putting in the hands of the customer and your product really lives or dies based on the experience. So there's a lot of information you have to get over to the customer so they can kind of run their own event successfully, I suppose. So how did you, how did you go about doing that? Because that's, that's another huge ask. Yes. Yeah, so, and that's something we're continuously improving that. But the biggest thing um, that we've done, I, I did start working with, um, I think she's like my e-commerce angel, is uh, <laughs> Jessica Totillo and just really um, putting into all of the content that I had that a customer needed to have. What are their objections? How are they going to consume that content? And what's the right cadence to give it to them? So in terms of the pieces that are in the kit, a lot of what um, people might not consume because it's a lot of reading or, you know, people just take in information differently. And I think understanding the tools that are out there, either on my website, on YouTube, and I use Klaviyo with a lot of um, automatic... Um, Sequences. Yes, depending on which kit they buy. So then they're getting um, some uh, an email that says, okay, get excited, your kit's coming, here's what you need to do to get ready for it. You know, some people are intimidated um, with doing something new for the first time, thinking that they're going to mess up the nail polish. And that was something we knew because we did hold some focus group meetings before we went all in on this. And being able to gather all of that data and give it back to them in however they want to receive it. So it could be in an email, could be in a short clip. We have our content on IGTV. We're... Um, progressively getting it onto to YouTube as well. Um, so there's color recipes, how to set up your kit, um, a, a general overall video on how to do that. And I think understanding that and listening to your customers when they're, when they're giving you feedback, obviously we can't do everything, but what makes the most sense and being able to accommodate that. And there's so many tools out there to be able to do that and make it manageable for you as a business owner. And, um, really great for, for your clients as well. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. 
Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot Tailwind is the tool that feels like a marketing team. Create, schedule and optimise your marketing with Tailwind. Create, transform your photos into beautiful social media posts in one click. Schedule. Spend less time scheduling your content and more time doing the things only you can. Optimise. Take the guesswork out of growing your business. We use Tailwind to help us do all this and manage our Pinterest and Instagram accounts. So join me on the platform today. Plus, they're offering $15 credit for all first-time subscribers. You can try it out with a free account via ecmp.info forward slash tailwind. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash tailwind. ecmp.info forward slash tailwind to open your free account today. Forward slash master plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, um, Vanessa, so far we've kind of gone deep into your story of switching to the world of e-commerce. We're now going to do the top tips. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Vanessa, are you ready for these? I hope so. (laughs) I'm sure you are. Okay. (laughs) The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I was a little conflicted um, about this question. I knew you were going to ask me. So I I do like um, Atomic Habits and there's a few other ones that I, I do really like. However, if I was taking Friday off and I was telling other business owners to take a Friday off, I think one of the things that I learned during this lockdown and switching over to something completely new, so many things coming at you. You need to do this. You need to do that. All of these things are kind of hitting you in the face and I think what really helped me with my business was to read books that were a little bit more inspiring. Somebody else's journey through adversity, you know, something else that I could just be related or that I could relate to. So I didn't have a to-do list at the end. And so my favorite book for that is The Power Broke by Damon John. I love him. I think he's so inspiring um, just with his his story. And uh, I like his other books as well. But So that's one of the things I'll say. I like that. Great recommendation. If you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, don't go for another how-to book. Yes. Pick (laughs) something else. Be kind to yourself, people. Uh, Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So I think the surprising one that has worked really well for us are um, the live collaborations that we have had. So when we're able to um, do something in person, whether it's a Zoom, a webinar, 
or just connecting, I think people want to see other people connecting. And that has been one of the things that has really helped us talk to our customers in a time where we haven't been able to. And that's something that I feel is fundamental to our business. Um, and it's surprisingly um, given us a lot more traffic. You, you never know how those things are going to work out. I love the fact you mentioned that because I've been surprised how few retailers seem to be doing virtual virtual sales events as such over the pandemic. You know, even if, you know, not necessarily here's a product, buy it, but come and explore our product, come and ask our questions. It seems, you know, whether they be a webinar or something else, it, it amazes me that more haven't done it because it is, like you say, we want, we are actively searching for human connection at the moment. And quite frankly, many of us will take it wherever we can find it. So why not try and build that into your brand? I think that's a brilliant tip. Thank you. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So I would answer this. I think the most efficient thing um, for us, while we do use a lot of great automation tools, organizational tools, one of the things that we did just as a check-in to start, um, that we started implementing once a week is every Friday, because all of us now are doing very different jobs than we did within the business. So every Friday, and I tend to be the bottleneck, especially with all the new things that we're doing for, for e-commerce, it's I ask the team every Friday so that we're prepared for the next week, the following week. What did you work on this week? What did you accomplish? What are you going to work on next week? And what do you need from me? And it just sets the tone for um, everyone to prioritize, to get a pulse on what everybody's working on, and then to pat everyone on the back because we've had some really big weeks where we're just putting out stuff. And, you know, it's a lot. It's, you know, it's new. And I think um, just that gauge that you have and the connection with your team is really important too. I love that. A, a kind of low stress meeting. So as you can, it, it, there's, a, there's a work element to it. So no one's going to fail to turn up, but it gives you that more, um, that more casual catch up with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. Um, growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? Be as prepared as you can. So kind of going back to setting up the tools in advance so that you're ready to capture from going to 100 to 1,000 because cleaning up that mess on the back end is going to take you 10 times as long. Not, not like that's something you've just been through there, Vanessa. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> oh, look, Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yes, you can find us on our website at tailormadepolish.com. That's Taylor with an A-Y. And our social media handles on Facebook and Instagram are both tailormadepolish. And I do have a code for everyone to save 20% site-wide on tailormadepolish.com. The code is ecommasterplan, E-C-O-M-M, masterplan. Awesome. Thank you very much for that, Vanessa. It's been been really lovely 
exploring your story with you. And I'm sure many people at the very least will be listening to this going, yep, did that. Yep, did that. Oh yeah, been through that. Uh, so hopefully we've given them, them some relief um, and I'm sure you've inspired many others. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It was great to connect with you. So many lessons I think all of us can take um, from Vanessa's story there. Obviously, there's kind of the practical stuff of build your platforms to make it easier to to change, not like Vanessa did. And then when you're building things up, focus on those core elements. Because I, I said to her after we finished recording, I think she's she's primed for great things because she stayed true to the values of the business. And she's so focused on how to help her customers have a great experience and building that emotional connection with them, even though she's not stood in a room with them. Um, so it's it's something which which all of us need to do more because we are currently searching. You know, it's been a trend for many years now, but we are searching out those emotional connections with the businesses we buy from. You can get your hands on all the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And Vanessa mentioned that she's been working with the marvellous Jessica Totillo Costa, who is one of our e-commerce master plan crew. That's the band of awesome e-commerce people I am steadily building up who are there to help you put things into place in your business. Some of them are coaches, some of them do it for you, some of them have courses. And if you want to find out more about Jessica's amazing Clavio um, services or you're just curious about what I'm talking about with this crew thing, then head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash crew. So C-R-E-W. If you liked this episode and the journey from primarily offline to primarily online, then do check out the recent episode number 327 I did with Sue from The Ribbon Print Company, because that is another business where she was sharing how they've made a big switch from face-to-face to distance selling, but in a B2B space rather than a B2C. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I would love these episodes to help them as well. I hope you have a brilliant week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.